mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my beautiful co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. And joining us today, a very, very special guest. Uh, from the Puck Soup podcast, Ryan Lambert. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. What's up, fellas? Oh, well, there's well. finally – oh, we all decided to talk. <laughs> Professional Classic. radio people here. <laughs> there's finally good news in Pantherland. Dale Talon is no longer a member – or is no longer the general manager of the Florida Panthers. And uh, we just wanted to get an outside reporter's perspective on 10 years of Dale Talon in Florida, you know, what went wrong – why you know why everything what went right <laughs> maybe not a whole lot so let's get started uh you know you've been covering the nhl ever since dale talent w- was named the general manager of the florida panthers in 2010 how would you characterize his leadership and you know his tenure as the general manager in florida um i guess I guess what I would say is that he didn't really seem to have too much of a direction that whole time. Like he was just kind of fumbling around in the dark. Like if you kind of zoom out, you know what I mean? Um, Started out, Oh, we're rebuilding. And then first chance they get, they spend a billion dollars on some like perfectly okay NHL players. And you know, there were, I think they signed 11 guys in one of his first couple of summers um, and none of them were like big difference makers or something, but they were all solid NHL players. And, uh, you know, the results followed. And then that those guys all got too old and uh, they had to rebuild and they tried to rebuild the Dale Talon way. Then they said, oh, this isn't working and we're going to try to rebuild like uh, the analytics way. And they said, well, this didn't work either after a year and a half or two years or something like that. And then they said, let's go back to the way that wasn't working before, you know? Um, <laughs> so, so just kind of directionless, I think is, is what you would say at the end of the day for, for the decade of Dale Talon. I, I got to stick up for the honor of Tomas Kopecki and his 3 million AAV, even though he never broke 35 points in his career. How dare you, yeah. Ryan? Um, yeah, no, I I remember my take at the time, like I, because people were like, oh, does this mean they're gonna, you know, do anything at all instead of just like being what we think of as the Florida Panthers? And I was like, they will be. They, you know, signed half a roster's worth of mediocre NHL players. They'll probably be mediocre, and that's exactly what happened. So, and then we got Dave Boland. So you were spot on. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um. So. Just on that, on that, uh, 
that frame, I mean, I guess you kind of mentioned it that directionless was the right way. And just so you know, it wasn't even two years for the computer boys. They got six yeah. months. Six yeah, it really months. was more like half a season. Yeah. Um, so we're on that directionless mind frame, what would you say was the worst move that Dale Town made in his tenure? And you're not allowed to say the expansion draft. Well, first of all, that's not fair because that's the worst one by far. <laughs> um, but okay, what's the second worst move you made? <laughs> probably the bowling contract, right? Like, because then you get then you got to give up uh, assets to get Arizona to. I, I, it was Arizona, right? Took mm-hmm. the right. yeah deal off their hands, yeah. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a bunch of money you had to allocate to the cap for, I think what, a, two, two seasons before he was like, Oh, I can't do it anymore. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's, that feels right. And, and so, you know, that's a lot of money you couldn't allocate elsewhere that anybody with a brain could have told you day one, Ooh, bad decision. You don't yeah. want to do that. And yeah. this guy's not very good. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, like, you know, you can also say like Lawson Krauss and, and that kind of stuff, like not, not a great pick either, um, especially with other talent on the board. But I, I think, I think there's a, that's a pretty obvious one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that at all. Uh, you know, between spending too much money in free agency poor draft selections, misguided trades, which one of the three of those, or maybe you could bring in another way that he failed as a general manager, would you say was his biggest weakness that you could always rely upon him to screw up at? Yeah, I'd say just kind of more broadly is like NHL player evaluation, like that falls into both trades and free agent signings, I guess you'd say. But, you know, um, when you're a team that, as Florida typically is, isn't going to run yourself all the way up to the salary cap. You have to spend every dollar as wisely as you possibly can. And Dale Town was like, oh, I'm just going to, like you said, give Thomas Kopechke $3 million a year. Uh, Why? Oh, well, I mean, you know, he's fine. (laughs) Like, you got to pay money to get veterans and blah, blah, blah. Like, I get that. But the point of buying guys in free agency is that you're probably not going to get full value on that deal. And so like, you know, in, in much the same way that uh, a lot of teams uh, marry themselves to uh, veterans because they go, Oh, you know, he's, he's done so much in a cup run or he's, you know, he's, he's gotten us deep in the playoffs before Dale Talon was doing that on the open market. And that's where you pay even more money. So, I, th- I think at the end of the day, that's that's what you really say is like this guy was supposed to be working within a budget and he was like, oh, I'm going to blow that on a bunch of like third liners. And you can't do that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's been one of the things we always talk about is you do not give term or high AAV to depth players. And that seemed to be a Dale Town staple was just, all right, who's the gritty guy? Who's the guy who make, is tough to play against? And let's give you 5.5 AAV to be you know a pest and a rat and and sometimes he doesn't even need to see that he gave mike matheson after one full season in the nhl an Mm eight-year contract of almost five million dollars aav and And one of the worst negotiations we've ever seen just like a sidebar that was the the why not eight thing was just awful 
I just wanted to make sure that that got in there after what you were saying about player evaluation. Cause like how much can yeah. you evaluate in one year? I mean, it's, it's not only that, right? Like, like let's, let's say Mike Matheson was incredible that one year. He wasn't, he was okay, I guess. Okay, but yeah, like let's, let's say he was incredible. How old was he when he had that season? Like 24? Something like that. Yeah. 23, 24. Yeah. Definitely 20 23 something. Or 24. And so, and so yeah, at most you're getting, awesome. yeah, exactly. So at most you're getting what? Three, four years of that contract where he's like uh, uh, at or near his peak. And then the back half of that deal, you're like, that's when he's going to be a UFA. And, you know, you can get Mike, you can get a Mike Madison on the UFA con, uh, market for, for certainly less than that. Right. And, and again, that's like, if you go, Oh, he is unbelievable. We think this guy is the future of this franchise. Like we think he's what we thought Aaron Eckblad was. Um, you, you hope that the first three years are a bargain so that you're, you don't mind so much the last five years or four and four, whatever the breakdown you want to say is. But he, he did that for a guy who was okay. And yeah, I mean, again, like I don't need to, to sit here and say that like, Oh, look at all these guys, Dale Talon valued or didn't value as, as like the evidence that he just didn't really have a plan and, and wasn't making sound uh, personnel decisions. You, you can, you can just look at, their uh their cat friendly page and go ooh that is a rough uh that's a rough like long term picture uh i said it on puck soup we recorded last night and we were talking about this a little bit um you know everybody's like oh you know the say what you want about them but the panthers have like a good young core with with Huberdo and Ekblad and and uh and Barkov and and all these guys and it's like well Barkov and Ekblad are the two young guys in that, and they're 24 already. Right. Everybody thinks of Jonathan Huberdeau as being a young guy. He is 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, so like, um, oh, I'm trying to think. There was, there was another. Oh, Joe Pavelski is a classic example of this, where you know, because he's young relative to the other guys on the team, everybody's like, oh, he's. He's a young guy. He's he's still got plenty of years to grow into it. And you then you look at his you know player profile page on NHL.com and you're like, he's 29. What? And and I get you know if I'm if I'm whoever they hire, I take a serious look at being like, anybody want to take Jonathan Hubert off our hands? We're, we we got to cut salary and get good players back at the same time. We're not not doing that by hanging on to Jonathan Hubert. So. Yeah, and I mean, to talk about, like, the youth on this team, like, beyond Ekblad and, and Barkov, you, you look at the ages of the guys on the team, and really, there's nobody below the age of 25 that's stepping in and making an impact. Like, the only no. guy from the last four drafts that's on the team right now is Riley Stillman. And Riley Stillman is, you know, he was a fourth-round pick, and the fact that he's playing games is nice for the Panthers, but, like, he's not a difference maker. He's not even a guy that I would yeah. say is like solidly above replacement level. So could not pick him out of a lineup. I watch <laughs> 200 NHL games a year minimum, you know, like I, I couldn't tell you who that, who that guy is. I don't, I don't know what position he plays. Um, you know, like you said, 
he's a fourth round pick. He he turned into something better than what his draft position indicates. But you know, is is that going to make any kind of a difference for you? No. And you know, everybody talks about oh well, they have such a good uh, pipeline of talent and and blah blah blah. Happened in Miami and all that. And it's like, yeah, but you know, when's the last time they developed anybody? Barkov. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I mean, it's not just that, you know, we do have to talk about that. This probably became an inevitable move once, you know, they went out and they spent $70 million on Sergei Bobrovsky, um, $17 million on Anton Strahlman, you know, whatever else they spent on Brett Connolly and Nola Chari. Last offseason, they go out, they give a huge contract to Joel Quenville, most decorated coach in the NHL right now. And the team does not get better from the season before. You know, they get a miracle that they can play their way into the playoffs in this quarantine play-in thing, and they blow that as well. Uh, And the state of the franchise, like you were talking about, is just uh, pretty sad. Uh, I mean, uh, do you want to give your thoughts on how you reacted to that offseason in real time and, you know, how you're reacting to where the Panthers are based on that offseason now? Well, you know, I I thought that if Bobrovsky could be like – you know, what we think of as, as Sergei Bobrovsky, I guess, like a 9-15 goalie if the league average is 9-10, you know, like if, if he's that, then, you know, this team probably uh, is actually in like in the regular playoffs. Like we don't have to talk about, well, it's a good thing they got in because of the play-ins or anything. They would have just been one of the top eight teams in the, in the uh, conference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think... I, I think the the Strawman thing it was, hey, I remember when that guy was good, and he not that he was bad or anything this year, but like he wasn't what we think of Anton Strawman being because he's like thirty two, thirty three years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nola Chari and and Brett Connolly, two players I like deeper in the lineup that got overpaid because they were UFA guys, and Dale Talon signed them, you know, <laughs> and so it's it was definitely a thing where I was like, you know what, with with Quinville and, and a potentially like world, not even, he wouldn't even have to be world beating. He would just have to be slightly above average, which hell you're paying him for a lot more than that. But you know, like I, part of the problem that, that I said, and I said this all along was, well, you know, they're still, even with all those potentially big, like solid additions, they're at best, the third or fourth best team in the conference. Like if you're, if you're being really not nice to the Toronto Maple Leafs and really nice to the Florida Panthers, they're still the third best team in that division. Right. And I mean, you know, they didn't get the goaltending and, and maybe it takes a bit for the Joel Quinville magic to, to happen. And, you know, maybe he needs more talent than two guys plus Evgeny Dadanov, who's a good player, but maybe he needs more than that to, to make a team look, you know, reasonably competitive vis-a-vis the Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightnings of the world. So moving on, uh, looking ahead now uh, from the Florida Panthers' perspective, someone is going to have to go out there and uh, bring in those pieces that Joel Quenville can work with. So a few names have been floated already. Uh, we've seen uh, Scott Mellenby uh, today was uh, was floated. 
Uh, we've seen Ron Hextall's name out there. We've seen Eric Joyce, the current uh, assistant general manager, if they decide to hire from within. Uh, what is your sense of uh, of this front office scramble for the Panthers? And uh, who might you get excited about uh, if you were a Panthers fan? I mean, this is always one of those times where I'm never like, that GM, and I should say, I'm no longer one of the guys who's like, great GM hire, unbelievable, because every guy we've ever heard in the last, like, decade of this guy is the next genius general manager, and it's Jason Botterill. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can't, like, you know, they could, it could be a Julian Breezebaugh who who's done a pretty credible job taking over from Steve Eisenman uh, mm-hmm. in Tampa. It, it could be well, I mean, even Kyle Dubas, right? Like, uh, mixed results at best, you would say. Like, yeah. he, he's gotten a lot of talent, but they haven't gotten out of the first round. And, look, like, that's definitely a thing where you you don't get out of the first round until you get out of it, and then it's not a problem for you anymore. Much like, oh, the Capitals can't get out of the second round. They're never going to get out of the second round. What are they going to do? Well, then they fucking won the Cup. So, you know, you can't you can't, like – go well the, you know they only got out of the second round that one time you know you, you know what I mean like so th- so there is that to it sure but yeah I, you know Scott Millenby and, and Ron Hextall what, what did Ron Hextall do in Philly like they they had uh, you know they've developed they developed some talent or whatever but I guess we're going to find out if the team's actually any good the one he built right and then yeah, Scott Mellonby, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the thing that <laughs> I think the thing that you would say is, well, he used to play for the Panthers and that seems that exactly. seems to matter. <laughs> yeah, that 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 does seem to matter a little bit too much, you know. Yeah, that little yeah, PR that, spin. That's classic that's classic NHL shit. I mean look at Ron Hextall, right? Like exactly. that's, it, it, it's yeah. kind of one of the things which what are the odds that the savior of your franchise is the same guy who played for you all those years ago? Like I mean I know it's 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 kind of yeah. ridiculous. I mean, even the Red Wings didn't give the job to Stevie Y right away. They, they they made him go to Tampa and prove himself before they were willing to kick out Ken Holland. So it's well, they they kind of fucked themselves with that yeah. one. I mean, what I'm saying is, honest, <laughs> where you know if they if they you know if they uh, have eight years of Steve Eiserman uh, fixing that team, maybe there's a little continuity between the Nick Lidstrom and and. Uh, and Henrik Zetterberg era into today's team. And maybe they don't have, uh, you know, just an advocator locked down for another 16 years. The Franz but, Nielsen uh, era. Uh, uh, exactly. It's the Darren Helm era. But I, uh, so, I mean, one of the options that is being floated is Eric Joyce. And I know locally people are like, no, we got to get someone from outside because we need something different. But the reality is like, there really wasn't much collaboration going on between Eric Joyce and Dale Talon. And I know back in 2016, you were you were extremely big proponent of what the Panthers were trying to do analytics wise. I mean, is Joyce someone you've been following lately? Yeah, I remember. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Alex, but I do want to get this in there because there was like a mini war between you and like the Panthers fans that are on Twitter after the 2016, like the PDO bender they went on, and like yeah. you were writing about. Well, you know, if you look at their save percentage at five on five, and like you know, it was completely legitimate as they got bounced in the first round after that PDO luck ran out. But, uh, you know, that was something that was illustrating what you were writing after they decided to get rid of some of those guys that only benefited really from the PDL. 
Yeah, you know, and, and it wasn't just the fans. It was the front office behind it. If I can, you know, tell tales out of school here. You know, uh, I was I was hearing from uh, the Panthers, like, front office about, you know, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And actually, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, we're not like the Leafs where we're giving up, four, you know, 55%. We're only giving up 52%. So it, it's actually not that bad. And, you know, that – you know, it's the classic thing of any time your team is the one on that PDO bender, well, we've actually figured it out. And if you, uh, you know, if you say that we're the same as the Flames and the Panthers and the Blue Jackets and the Leafs, uh, you just clearly haven't watched enough of our games because we, <laughs> we have it locked down. And then they lose in the first round or maybe the second round every single time. So uh, I guess the only time it didn't happen was Vegas and they went to the cup final and got destroyed. So, but yeah, um, obviously uh, you wouldn't have to work too hard to answer your question. I guess Uh, you wouldn't have to work too hard to make better decisions than Dale Talon. Um, And I know for sure that like the people who are left in the Panthers front office, like, do actually like uh, look at these numbers and and put value on them and again like if you're a, if you're a budget team and it seems all indications are that the Panthers are going to cut payroll uh, this this summer or fall as the case may be I guess yeah <laughs> um, uh, you know that that seems to be the indication so you have to find market inefficiencies that you can exploit to get guys who contribute a little bit more and if you know maybe it, it could literally be as simple as like what if we just signed a couple of guys who were like five nine and you know like that might be a way to save money or you know okay i i can't remember who says it it's it's something somebody maybe dimitri filipovich or somebody like that uh says on twitter all the time but like the best way to be a, a good gm in this league is to identify who the dumb GM is and uh, call him and ask him if he wants to make a trade with you. Yeah, and unfortunately that for guy is DL Talon for so many teams. Yep, for sure. And But if your new GM can come in and be the guy who is identifying who the sucker is, well, suddenly you have like a, a market advantage and, you know, you can you can make better decisions with with those numbers and blah, 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 you know? Um and you don't even – this is the other thing. Like the marginal difference between a really good decision-making team and a really poor one is like maybe one or two contracts or transactions per year. One bad trade, one bad signing, and you're fucked for a full season. You know what I mean? Um, or longer even. Um, and if you have one guy – who you actually listen to who says don't do that and you don't do that that can that can save you so many headaches yeah a job too <laughs> exactly uh, that, but you know it, it if if one person says maybe we don't give up riley smith and john marsh so for literally almost nothing hey they got a fourth round pick <laughs> i said um i said almost um, but if they li- literally, if they don't do that and they let Vegas take whoever they want, or they even bribe Vegas to take 
a different contract that they're trying to offload coming off a guy having a low shooting percentage season or what I, I think that was the case with Smith, right? Like he Absolutely. just didn't shoot. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Historically low. Yeah, he like, shot like seven was... percent or something like that and he had shot twelve the previous whatever the numbers are. But you know, it, it's definitely um it's a different franchise if they have those guys. Those guys with Barkov, fucking forget about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, and and you know, three. It, it's just it's just a case of don't make one dumb decision a year, and you know, literally have a guy you pay one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to, and you bring him every single transaction, and you go, should we do this? And he goes yes or no, and if he says no, and is right, he's paid for his own contract five times over. Yeah, and I think I'm eminently qualified for this job because uh, not to pat myself on the back, <laughs> but I feel like almost every decision over the past five years that's gone wrong for the Panthers, I'm there tweeting like, "Don't do this." Well, <laughs> TJ, for I the record, you would be good for that job because you would just say no to every move and save the Panthers <laughs> all that money yourself. I don't. I don't think you are special in that though. Like, that's true, yeah. I think I think that if. Like if if any one of us with with natural stat trick or evolving hockey or mm-hmm. whatever bookmarks as our homepage on you know Safari or, or whatever Firefox, um, we could make better decisions than yep. than a lot of uh, too many GMs in this league. Day one, not, not you wouldn't even have to think about it really. You just go, oh, should I trade for this guy? Let's pull up his uh, player page on this site. No, we shouldn't do it. Or, oh, yeah, great. No, that sounds great. It's, it really isn't much more difficult than that. Um, and, you know, like, it, if you, again, if you just say no to one stupid contract, your next GM is, is going to do a better job than Dale Talent at the last few years. That simple. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating. I mean, there's an alternate universe where the Panthers currently ice a team of Barkov, Huberto, Riley Smith, Marcheseau, Matthew Barzal, and either Nikita Kucherov on the Panthers or at least on a large enough contract that the Lightning had to make changes a lot earlier than they planned on and aren't the juggernaut they are now. But, you know, that all got shut down because Dale Town didn't want to offend the good old boy network. Yeah, it might, might be time to finally offer sheet one of those talented Tampa Bay Lightning, don't you think? I, I mean, I, if I was a GM, I'd try to offer sheet somebody every single summer until it worked. <laughs> I agree. Who needs to make a trade when you can just uh, screw everyone over anyway? I think this should be the second yeah, job I, of the $150,000 guy. Just a reminder, offer sheets exist. Yeah, I mean, like, look at look at the Sebastian Ajo thing this year, right? Like, Montreal screwed that up really bad just because, like... The number was so low. You know? The number was insanely low, and of course, uh, Carolina was like, "Yeah, we." I mean, they. I think. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, job for us. I think they they said that they would have matched it like ten and a half. Like they're they're that confident Sebastian Ajo is a yeah. superstar, and boy, and that's that's working out for him. Um, and I forget what the number is. He's at like eight four or yeah, something. Yeah, I think it's like, like eight and a half. Yeah. Eight and a half. Yeah. So like you know it. You, you don't have to be – like, you, you have to be willing to overpay a little bit, right? But, like, if you could have gotten I – th- I think he already signed an extension, right? Braden Point already signed an extension. Am I right Correct, about yeah. that? Yeah. 
I believe so. I think he got like 10 points. Yeah. So, you know, but like if you could, if you go, well, we'll give him 11, boy, you know, like Tampa's going to, Tampa might match it. And, and you're maybe Julian Breezeblas mad at you. But also, you might get a, the kind of guy that you spend the four first round picks looking for. You know, like Braden Point right. is that good of a player. And if you're, again, like if, if we're just talking about Florida here, if we're, if we're going down the middle with Barkov and Braden Point for the next, for the oh, next, man. I'll take it. <laughs> eight years. Yeah. That, that's that'd be hard. almost as good I, I as going down the middle of Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. Better. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, it'd, be, it'd be pretty good. Um, and so, and so, yeah, like, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're willing to go outside the box, like even 10% more than the, you know, the, the other GM in, in your division that you're competing with for the fourth spot in the Atlantic, for example, um, as long, as long as you're like informing those decisions with data instead of just being like oh you know i think he i think he does he, you know provides leadership or you know i like the jam he brings whatever you know 200 hockey men justifications <laughs> you want to come up with you end up uh it's your leader yeah you, you you just end up coming up coming up five points better four points better and two wins is enough we've seen it a million times two wins is enough to to make mm-hmm. or break a season so Panthers missed with 96 just uh, a couple of seasons ago. It happened to us. <laughs> just to correct myself, and then we we got to let you go, Ryan, because I know you've been more than generous with our time. Braden Point is signed at a 6.75 AAV bridge deal, not a 10.1. Like, who the hell wouldn't offer you Braden Point at $8 million bucks? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I would have given right. him 10. So I would have given him 11. Right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> offer sheet Sorelli. Uh, back to you, Alex. <laughs> So Ryan, one last question for us, and it's you know because we are all nerds at at heart here. Um, if you are starting a franchise from the Star Wars universe, who is your number one pick and why? Anakin Skywalker. First uh, because, overall, really? Yeah, hmm. he's he's the most powerful most powerful Jedi of all time. But he's also a whiny baby. I mean, bad in the room. <laughs> They so said Crosby that, early they on. Said it about Sid Crosby, exactly. <laughs> exactly, dude. I mean, you're you're not getting better off than That's Anakin true. Skywalker. I kind of agree with you on this pick. Like, it it, it is a Sidney Crosby pick. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. That's Ryan Lambert from the Puck Soup Podcast. If you haven't listened to him, one, I'm shocked, and two, they're one of the best, if not the best, hockey podcast out there. Uh, check him out, give him a listen, give him a follow. Uh, he's also at two line pass. It's one of the better Twitter follows out there, both for comedy and just, you know, good hockey content. I was one of the people, you know, fighting with him in 2015 saying the Panthers, Oh yeah, you just don't watch the Panthers enough. And then I watched the next year and I was like, Oh, I was the one that was wrong. And yeah, now it's, it's like you said, like this tale is old as time though. Like he experienced it with the avalanche a few years ago. And I, I think the famous line that Adrian Dater wrote is like, Oh, actually, the things that the Avalanche do well allow them to have a, a PDO of whatever the fuck it was. That was that was uh, Mike Mike Johnson from right. the NHL. That one of the but, other. Yeah, no, uh, Data Data wrote the Save by Wah book. They're setting up a dynasty. Blah blah blah. Well, yeah, I mean, th- thank he was you. Right, eventually. Thank you, thank you again, <laughs> Ryan. Six more years. 
Thank yeah, you. no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. We'll definitely have you on again in the future to at least yeah, to you talk got a more Patreon nerd also. Do you want to plug that real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. It's uh, patreon.com slash pucksoup. Um, we do bonus episodes every week or bonus mailbags every week, longer bonus episodes twice a month. I have a newsletter on there, uh, that I write twice a week and, uh, yeah, that's Patreon. And, uh, there it's between five and $8 basically, um, for a shitload of hockey content every single week. So check it out. And there is a full star Wars hockey podcast on that Patreon. So go find it. All right, Ryan, thanks again for jumping on with us. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy all the hockey. Hopefully there won't be as many five-overtime games, or maybe there will be. I disagree. Hopefully there will be. Yeah, that was tough. Two is a good number. Five is too many. (laughs) Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.